0: afternoon all um my name's julia miller um I'm at church in Great Yarmouth at Kingsgate community church um and I'm leading the pathways from poverty um part of of relational mission, which is all about us making a difference in our local communities so obviously we've heard quite a bit today about God's heart for the lost um and boy, if he loves the lost, what about the poor? <laughs> So really, we're talking about here, um, looking at how do we, how can we make a difference in our local communities? The, I, I'm really, really passionate that church is supposed to be good news where it is. Um, that God's heart—if God's heart is beating through us, then our local community will be blessed because we're there. Um, and what I'm really wanting to sort of help and encourage and to grow amongst us is how we do that and how we do that excellently. Um, And so today I've got um, a few willing volunteers, uh, which is where the four stools come from. Don't worry, you won't get picked out blind because they have all said yes so far. Um, One of the things that I was uh, really privileged to be able to do was to go around to um, all of the churches that were part of RM, Last year, but and so there's a few more that I haven't been around yet, because we've got more churches amongst us now, which is fantastic. Um, But to find out what everyone was up to, what activities they do in the community that um, basically brought the church outside of the doors. So what was happening outside of a Sunday. Um, And I... A number of people have said to me they don't know necessarily what goes on in other churches apart from in their small clusters. So I decided to do a geographical split um, across a lot of the RM in the, in the eastern region. So if I could call up Gavin from Peterborough. <laughs> David from Chafford 100, which is, which is lakeside for the rest of us. <laughs> Um, Adam from Revelation Church in London, which I must say is quite close to Lakeside, but we'll give him that. And Richard is going to come from Ashford. Yay. Okay, so what I wanted to do, obviously we're all aware that works is, it it can be the individual stuff that um, we heard about this morning with Carl talking about buying a bag of chips as an opening of a door to somebody, of meeting a need of a neighbour that opened a door to other conversations, buying a McDonald's for somebody. There's A lot of food, I think, going on here, which is a great theme. That's that's good. We like this theme. Um, So we definitely want to do works on an individual basis. But actually, we also want to make sure the name of Jesus is lifted high in our communities by doing community things, by doing things that we can say, this is the church making a difference. This is the church caring about its local community. And so what we've got is these guys. um, Oh, I sat you quite close together, haven't I? Sorry. Um, (laughs) So these guys are going to give us um, about five minutes each about... What goes on, what they do in their local church settings and the impact that that has on the church and also how they enable the linking up of their social action projects with the church. So what bridges do they create to enable people who they might not have met otherwise to find out about Jesus? So I'm going to sort of pass this mic down and I will start off with Gavin from Peterborough.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Uh, interestingly, when Julia uh, invited us all, there were a variety of uh, questions that she said she might bring, and that's vaguely state to script, which is always good for Julia, uh, in terms of when she invites you to step out. So, uh, we're at Life Church in Peterborough, um, and I think the first answer in terms of what do we do is, uh, I'm told by our elders it's really straightforward, we hear from God, uh, and then we do as we're told. And, uh, and we're sort of three or four years into that journey now. Uh, and still trying to work out how that looks and how that works. Uh, and the one thing we found is that God just continues to talk to you uh, and pull you in different directions and, and open new things. and One thing closes as another thing opens, uh, and something will come prophetically out of the, uh, out of the unusual. So um, one of the things that we've tried to do is, is understand where our place was there. And some of the prophetic words have been important in guiding how that works, as opposed to all the various other tools that you need to do, which is understand the needs of your community, but it's also about understanding what God has for you and laid out. So, one of the things that we had over us was that we become known as a church that also meets on Sunday, and some of that charged with the uh, things that came this morning, I think in terms of understanding uh, that the Sunday was to equip the saints, but it was clearly to equip the saints for something, uh, and therefore, in terms of what we were trying to do was understand what did that look like for Life Church and for us in the setting of Peterborough that we had. Uh, And and one of the things that I read very early on was a book called A Church That Never Sleeps um, about the Dream Center. And that just spoke to me, is that um, God had gifted us with a building. And and very soon after uh, we joined the church, that building wasn't somewhere we could meet on a Sunday, praise God. And, And we started to nomadically move around Peterborough to venues that God was calling us to on a Sunday. And very much a case of what did God want us to do with this building that we were blessed with? So um, we very much have worked out that the building was our blessing to the community and something for the church to enact uh, what it was going to do that would point to where we also happened to go on a Sunday. And so um, some of the things started to uh, arise in terms of what we were already doing and what we looked at. And uh, actually, I met with Carl some years ago and talked about missional journeys and really challenged us, where was the point? Where do those bridging opportunities come? And some of it was it was actually just being born out of the church had always done those things. So we had coffee mornings of various age groups and types. But really, it was just a case of was it for the church or was it for the community? Um, And at that time, I also read a document called Breakdown Britain, which led to Breakthrough Britain. And we could do the political thing another time. But what that was really useful was identifying um, the pathways as identified by the Centre of Social Justice. Uh, And what I took was was a paper that really sort of said, how could a church respond to that? How could a church understand what the needs are of poverty in the nation and therefore what we would do? And that led us to explore two things. One was that we had no contact with a prison yet in Peterborough. It's a growth industry. It's becoming one of our biggest employers and beginning to retain a lot of the people that will become the community of Peterborough because they're not very adventurous when they're released. Um, and so, therefore, we really needed to understand that. Uh, and within uh, a few months of praying into that, a lady came up, uh, came called Jane Gould, uh, introduced us to something called Clean Sheets, and within three months, we were serving in prison not through the chaplaincy, we were serving into providing budgeting advice, debt advice and just speaking into hope and resettlement and linking through. They'd never met anybody that came in and volunteered to do that who wasn't paid to be there. When they found out that we were coming from a church, they couldn't understand because the church was Wednesday afternoons, that was in the chaplaincy wing, it was on Sundays. Uh, And it started to rock, you start to sow seeds and sow some of those things. And we started to see people come out, we were able to connect with other charities, other churches in the town, and starting to see some resettlement thing. It's really early fruit. more recently that whole ministry just closed down to us managerial changes, uh, and I got a lovely email uh, and conversation from Jane, and she said, remember, you're not fighting the management of one of the, uh, one of the prisons, you're fighting the enemy, uh, and you'll be victorious, uh, and we've just been invited uh, back in next month to go in on two occasions to speak to the whole of the prison uh, on, a, on a new vision for resettlement, so I have no idea what's God doing, but I'm trying to hear and lead a team to be a, a parent. So we provide uh, debt advice. We have a a drug recovery uh, clinic where um, we reached out. We understood the people that led drug recovery in Peterborough wanted to get out of their one building because that was where all the pushers used to hang outside and all the drug dealers hang out there and just say, you know, if you're feeling down, mate, here's a resources card, give me a call. And the people just hated going to the one place they're supposed to go if they're trying to discover recovery. When they went out to the city and asked for places they could meet and do uh, community hubs, absolutely nobody responded except us. Uh, and to this day, we're still the only hub that will house uh, a place for drug recovery, uh, and we have that every Monday afternoon. How does that impact the church? One of the people have realized that if you sign up to work on our Aspire Cafe, it'll be two or three months before they will talk to you. They don't trust easy, these people. Yeah, these people are broken and lost. One of the things that we did is we always prayed that we would reach these people that were in recovery. The people that have been most impacted are the ones from Aspire who found that we would give them a location and we would turn up week in, week out uh, and serve the same client that they were paid to do or they were already in recovery and they'd just been taken on to do that. So it was amazing how God impacts you in different ways. What we found was that our church now has probably mobilized 40 to 60% to serve in that Monday to Friday environment, either ad hoc or on a routine thing. We've discovered what perseverance looks like and it's really tough uh, and that has been our impact. Um, I will finish on one story, we started our new job club uh, two weeks ago, uh, we had our second one this week, uh, and I, I'm a man of major faith, so I prayed for a client, we got two, uh, who turned up on week one, we had prayed before, that, much as we just prayed there just then, about God leading us in conversations, uh, and I was handling very much the registration and the administration of everything that was going on, uh, and then uh, my wife was already serving there, she came out beaming, I didn't know what, what was done. thought maybe somebody got a job, or I uh, wasn't quite sure. Uh, and this guy just started talking about uh, church, uh, wanted to know more about this guy called Jesus. Uh, he'd actually come off the back of our youth club, uh, which we hold on a Friday night, and um, wants to come to New Day. Uh, and so we've had to hook that into the youth leaders. They would say he'd never shown any interest uh, but for all the youth club events, and those things just crack through. So God can move in some amazing, mysterious ways, and we're seeing the fruit of that outwork in our, uh, in our church as well.
2: Um, I think uh, for us as a church, we uh, over the last couple of days, actually, God has been speaking to us from a verse from Joshua, uh, Joshua 15. And this is uh, Caleb's daughter saying to Caleb, uh, Give me a blessing, since you have given me the land of Negev, give me also springs of water and he gave her the upper springs and the lower springs and and we i think we don't just want the land we want a land that's fruitful uh, we need the, the spirit of god to flow into what we're doing and, and i think that's our prayer and we're seeing some of it we're not uh, uh, seeing the fullness of that yet but it is uh, so important that the holy spirit is uh, invited into these ministries that are out there in communities and and we keep that focus because uh, we want fruitful ministries and 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 for us for all of us the 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 pinnacle is is for someone to have the fruit from the tree of life Uh, but on the way there's other things that we can celebrate there's other fruitfulness that we can celebrate Um, and so to know the needs of the community, we live in a deprived area, uh, great deprivation and a good percentage of of our children are on free school meals Uh, and so in the school holidays Uh, they don't get that free school meal. And so we've taken to run a lunch club during the school holidays, and we have families coming in that are referred to us, um, and uh, we work with them. And uh, it's amazing what God does just by serving uh, and giving uh, freely. Uh, A story from that is one young lady came, and uh, she had uh, three children, uh, very wary of us Christians, very wary. It took a long while for her to gain confidence of the team, um, but she did, she saw how they served, and then was invited to become part of the team. So instead of being receiving, she is now part of the team, and so therefore we sent her on first aid training, we sent her on other training, and then she started to lead. Uh, And uh, so those are all fruitful things in somebody's life that we can celebrate along the way. Uh, We helped her write her CV. We gave her a reference. She got a job. She'd been unemployed for for ages, you know. This is fruitful things that we can celebrate. Uh, And uh, she did start Alpha with her mum, actually, but there was a family tragedy that actually then prevented her from finishing it. But I believe, you know, this is a journey that, that people are on, and and, uh, and Alpha is part of our the thing that we do as a church, as part of that journey. You'll hear that a lot as we speak uh, on people's uh, journeys. So that's it's just serving against the need. We we were invited by the local schools because they had a problem with uh, some of the children getting excluded, um, and uh, so we do mentoring in schools, one to one mentoring, and they give us the kids that are right on the edge. You know, they're not yet bit excluded, but they're gonna be. You know, either they have been in the past, and they just want to keep them in. They're not been uh, they want to keep them in mainstream school, and that's the kids we get. And uh, we we work in two secondary schools and primary schools, uh, and we we measure from the beginning to the end what what the impact is, and we see that the biggest impact is they stay in school. Know, and that, so that's a fruit that we can celebrate, because if they're out of school, then all sorts of things lead from that. And so our one-to-one mentoring has had an impact on individuals and families uh, as well. And, and what we see, because we're in schools where our own church young people are, the, the joint uh, witness, if you like, of our young people and our schools workers um just encourage young people to come to our discipleship. It's incredible. They come to our discipleship groups. They, they want to know about Jesus. They just turn up. Uh, and uh, we have sometimes gangs of these guys just turn up in our offices, just want to know about Jesus. Uh, and we've seen people come to Christ. Their families then come to church. And, and, and it just impacts uh, their whole lives. Um, but it starts with just meeting the need uh, to keep them in school uh, and to help them. Uh, in, well, there's, I've got a little story here uh, for a primary school. Uh, This is uh, a boy who had been referred to us by the school because of his behaviour, uh, and because he was in the isolation room more than he was in the lessons. And uh, we started uh, to mentor him on a week, every week for one hour. We we see these guys for the whole of the school academic year. And uh, his behaviour completely turned around, completely turned around, He got an award for, um, let me read it, Outstanding Achievement Award in December 2014 for a change in his behaviour and uh, started to come to church, support his family, just just amazing. It's just the links that you build into communities just by serving in that way. just one other thing just because because those things take a little bit of training a little bit of uh, resources to get into schools and and and, and, uh, and schools workers and well. but this is another story from something that's very easy all you need is some knitting needles and some wool um because this is nitta natter uh, a lady in the fellowship came to us and said i got heart for uh, this and we said great get on with it uh, what can we do to help you and uh she uh, started a group at Chafford, and there's another one now in Chadwell, so we have two groups running. And this was from a need of uh, women that were lonely. Uh, either their, their husbands were up in London working and they moved into here had no one to talk to, or widows uh, who were on their own in the community. And we gather uh, women from all faiths, really, uh, a mixture of, of faiths coming to us, and they just have friendship. They do knit and they do natter, um, and they have friendship. And we then uh, invited along to Alpha, and they came along. Uh, Some of them didn't sign up, but they came along. Um, And it's just a matter of just building these bridges into different things, but it's finding the needs, meeting those needs and sometimes it's very simple a cup of tea, some knitting needles and you're there. Other times it takes a little bit of resources, a little bit of training uh, uh, to to try and meet the need but uh, God is is, is good and he helps us to do that and uh, the more pathways that we can create uh, to the the fruit of the tree of life, celebrating the fruitfulness on the way, uh, I think
3: the better so that's a little bit of our story cool um so uh one of the things that we do at revelation church is um gospel communities which are missional small groups and part of what the elders um sort of say to the church is to be part of revelation church really is to be part of one of these gospel communities um and it's amazing we now have 173 people in these missional small groups um which uh yeah it was about 70% of the church and God's really grown them in the last 6 months which is amazing So we really try and almost like build it into the DNA that mission and going out is not just for the people who are brave or you know I don't know have a particular heart for something, but it's for all of us and it does look different. So each gospel community will have a different vision, um, which we encourage to be prophetic and to seek God and say, you know, where is your promised land? What what is it you're going after? Um, And the amazing thing is that we now are able to kind of look at other ministry areas in the church through these gospel communities and really try and um, because we recognize that even if someone's doing a kind of central church thing they're building community and we really want that to be sustainable and to be a lifelong thing where possible Um, one of the broader church things we do is debt counseling of Christians against poverty and uh, my mum actually runs it she's just such an amazing woman of God and um, there's so many stories but One of the women that we've helped over the years uh, is called Vanessa, and she has actually come completely out of debt and come to know Jesus and is now leading a gospel community, which is amazing. And, um, yeah, so we've had 30 people we've helped out of debt. We're currently helping 37 people. I think there's about six first-time commitments this year. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's just so amazing. And, and unfortunately, I think the statistic is one in three who we help um, will have considered suicide as a result of debt. And uh, even actually um, on Monday this week, my mum was telling me that she went into someone's home and she just saw the word suicide over them. And, and she was able just to minister to that person. And by the time they left, the lady had said, this is the first time I've had got three cups out of the cupboard f- to do tea for people. Um, I've just not had people around my home for years. And just left saying, I, I now have friends. And it's just amazing what God is doing Um and another area that we really try and resource with gospel communities is uh, our food bank, which has been running for just over three years. And uh, we've had the privilege of feeding um, 3,382 people, or thereabouts, um, who are in emergency f- um, need of food. We have a really peculiar situation in Cam- the borough of Camden where we have the highest inequality in wealth. So where our food bank actually is positioned, you'll regularly see Range Rovers. I think it costs about half a million pounds for one bed flat, um, and so it's extremely wealthy and people are coming to us for emergency food relief. These are people that don't have food on their shelves. So it's just incredible what God's doing. And we are now five people that have met us at the food bank who are now part of our church, which is a really beautiful thing. Um, and finally, I just wanted to end on my experience of gospel community. I help lead a gospel community that is focused on the area of Kentish Town and really just connecting with the, the creative community there, the artists and musicians. And um, when God gave me a heart for that, we didn't know anyone, <laughs> didn't know any of the galleries, anything. I think I DJed there like twice and I'd probably DJ'd at like 15 other places in London. Um, but yeah, God put it on my heart and we just went for it. It was just like, God, we believe you said this um at the same time the church um decided not to go away for a weekend but to stay for a weekend in camden and just to love the community and um out of that simon oh he's not here and uh, he has he has gone to frankfurt not this minute but um he's he's in in ipswich but um he really got the ball rolling on this thing and then our my gospel community kind of was like wow this is one of the things that god has got for us we've been praying for something and and this is it and we had it was kind of a bit of and then Basically, um, to cut a long story short, three years down the line, we're running a local arts and music festival that's happening this weekend and with three other local churches. Last year, we had over 800 people come to events. This is in one local area with three local churches. And it's just crazy. Basically local businesses are coming to us to try and be part of it um a new cocktail bar it's, it's classic it's in an old and um, public toilet um uh, actually came to us two days ago and said we want to we want to do a tour for you of the gin distil- distillery which we've restarted in Kendish town after how many years and i just thought god this is nuts you're gin distilleries that are coming to the church to connect, and um, it's a beautiful thing, we'd really appreciate your prayers, you know, really feel on the edge, this is the flyer for it, um, which you can check out if you want to chat about any of this stuff, inside the flyer it says brought to you by four local churches, so it is a bit like you're kind of going into places and you're saying, hey, just connecting and stuff, yeah, it's really, it really is live, and um, God's doing incredible things, um, but yeah, please hold us in your prayers, um, it, like Steph was saying, sometimes you do feel a little bit on edge as, you know, a big um, sort of homosexual community. There's a lot of people who are quite anti-church, but God's really doing something. Um,
4: so, yeah, thanks. I, I'm Richard from Ashford. Um, I, my early Christian background was very much preached the gospel, words only, uh, without the works. And, but then over the years, uh, studying scripture, uh, one that impacted me particularly was seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and suddenly to discover that the word righteousness there is a much, much bigger word, and it's probably better to read it, seek first the kingdom of God and his justice. Uh, righteousness is very much a, a me word, justice is another's word, and uh, you know that changed my whole perception about ministry and a mission. And uh, as a a church back in Ashford, we we take that to heart. And just to share sort of three particular areas, I I mean, Ashford's a a rapidly changing place. In in 2001, it was about 98% white. Today, there's all sorts of nationalities, um, people from all sorts of backgrounds. At one time, you had to go to Canterbury or London to hear, hear other languages in the street, but... Ashford is, is full of all sorts of languages today. It's very much a cosmopolitan place. But there's a great need there. Uh, most people know it for the International Station and probably pass in and through quite rapidly. Uh, but uh, there's a great missional need. And uh, there are three particular areas where we interface the community. And The first one is uh, the Furniture Project, uh, where we... We gather something like, uh, well, we, we go to approximately 2,500 homes in, a, in any given year, uh, picking up furniture and delivering furniture, and that's really great. It gets us into people's homes, and as we've I've just been doing so, involved in doing some interviews for somebody else, we're taking on, and as we are saying to them, it's not just about delivering the furniture or picking up the furniture, it's about the people we're engaging with, you know, and so, yeah, it's okay to, if they've got a question, if they've got a need to stop and listen and pray and so on. And so we have that kind of interaction there as we go into people's homes. Uh, we have it in on the shop floor. We have it as people come in and uh, they interact with people there—the ladies, the guys who work there—and some amazing testimonies. Um, just to give you an example, um, there was a, a lady who had been in the past to to buy furniture, and and the, the, the love of Christ had been shown to her, the compassion of Christ. And and she had uh, she reached the situation—I think it was back last year—where she need, needed a major operation in London. And the amazing thing was that. She knew the heart of the people there because they carried the heart of God. And, and she called by on her way to London, and she came into the corn store, as we call it. She came into the corn store, and she said, would you pray for me? I'm just going up to London uh, to the hospital. And, you know, great that she felt she could come in there and just share that and get them to pray for her. You know, the joy, again, I was in there the other week, and... Um, just talking to, to different ones that I do from time to time. And as, as I was doing so, I noticed a couple come in and they went up to, to one of the ladies and they got something in their hand. And I, I just watched and listened in on the conversation because not only had they been given furniture, they had been touched by the heart of God. And they, they just said that we were so grateful for the way you treated us, we just want to say thank you. And, you know, it was a box of chocolates, but the sound, if you like, that rang out from that was just tremendous. Um, so that, that's, that, that's great. There's conversations that go on there. There's a, uh, somebody who's just come in at the moment. He's, he's, he's done work for a, a driver company and helped out when we've needed. And uh, he popped in just recently uh, in, in difficult situation with his relationship. And he said, I need, I need help. And it was great to think that he knew this was the place to come to. And these guys would pray for him and speak to him and help him. And uh, there's a a story unfolding there, and we're just watching what God is doing. Um, So it's amazing. Then uh, uh, I think of Esau teaching English as a second language. Uh, You see the different nationalities in Ashford and the engagement that's going on there. Uh, and, and just recently, one of the, the Chinese ladies, uh, no, no Christian background, with some opposition from back home, came to the Lord and was baptized. You know. Wonderful, because that's what it's about. Um, you know, we, we want to show people the love of God. We want them to hear the message of Jesus Christ. And there are other testimonies that come out of that. Um, so you've got, you've got ESOL. We've got a, a chronic pain management group. And you you, you see how God works in all sorts of situations. This particular lady, Jenny, suffers immense pain herself. And, you know, she's had a measure of healing, but she's not completely healed. And yet God's given her a great heart for those who are in pain. And she is touching a whole number of people, there's sometimes up to 50 people at the chronic pain group. I saw a report the other day that said it's the best pain, chronic pain group in Kent. The recommend that we've had people come and look at it, say, well, what are you doing? And I think the big thing is we're doing Jesus in it, you know, because um, Jenny is not afraid to, to mention Jesus. Uh, you know, she's not afraid to say, well, if you'd like to have some prayer, we can pray for you. And it's really great. And, and just recently, we've had people out of the chronic pain group, out of um, Esau, uh, on Alpha, uh, and uh, just coming to know Jesus. Uh, and, and we're now facing the challenge of how do, we, how, do we trans, how do we get them to know what church is when they've got no church background. But it's just really, really thrilling. So that's just three areas where we're seeing something of the justice of God, the shalom of God being brought to the world in general.
0: Thank you so much. I just want to thank these guys. Um, there was, we were going to potentially do a bit of questions, but if you want to grab them afterwards, if you have any other questions about it. Um, what, what's sort of been demonstrated is really an intentionality to get out and impact the community. And if you read through uh, the Bible, God was not sloppy in his declarations about how he wanted his people to look after the poor he made very very specific laws and rules and and said you need to do this you need to make sure that this 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 gleaning opportunities um, and and the year of jubilee there's you can just it's a great bible study actually it takes you all the way through the whole lot from from start to finish um, and what what sort of my challenge to, to to our churches is how intentional are we being and does what we do, how does that reflect God's heart for the poor and, and his teaching on looking after the poor around us? And it's not just the poor in our community, within the church. It, it is the, within the church and outside of the church. So that's really the sort of the challenge uh, that I would be throwing out to us. Um, and we've got a couple of prayer points, so if we can put them up. And uh, we're uh, looking to... just praying for God to increase our heart for the poor and to find new ways in which we can reach out with God's love into our communities and that being a church for a broken world that we build a natural relationship between demonstrating God's heart for the poor and declaring the gospel. So if you want to get into sort of little huddles um, just to pray those things in uh, that would be fantastic. Thank you very much.